0: can if you want. You want to? Go ahead. Yeah, I just like it breaking up. I want to. difference. Happy Mother's Day. That was lame. Happy Mother's Day. How many know God is able? All right, let's stand and worship the Lord here today. Let's start... People sometimes in life, you just, um, you read the scriptures and you hear the great things that God has done and the healings and things that Jesus did. And, and then you just say, man, I wish you would do that for me. How many ever think that? He is the same God and he can do the same thing for you.
1: Calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. Oh, God, my God, I need you. calling on the God of David who made a shepherd boy courageous I may not face Goliath but I've got my own giants oh God my God I need you oh God you heard your children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayer back then and you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you were providing then you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god you moved in power then
0: thank you that just in your presence, in your presence, we give you praise, and we just need you right now, Lord. So we just ask that your presence just fill this place. We thank you for just celebrating um, the mothers that you gave us, and God, we just love you, and we just ask for your presence just continue to move in our hearts and in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stay here real quick for a minute.
2: so bored I wish I had something to do <sighs> thanks for letting me sleep in kids if you make a mess in the kitchen please let me know so I can clean it up raising kids is so easy I just love driving around all day oh I never have to repeat myself they always listen so carefully oh look an empty box of cereal love it just wipe it on your sleeve it's pretty cold but you don't need a coat Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed. You're just gonna sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. Oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull on our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 a.m.? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're gonna be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Ah! Fight, Ah! fight, fight! The floor of this vehicle is so clean, I can't believe it. Oh good, another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. Hey, I'm gonna hop in the shower. Does somebody wanna come use the bathroom while I'm in here?
3: Okay, none of us have heard that, right? So all the kids can go to Haven Sunday School? On. I'm just not talking into it, right? <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. We're glad you're here. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. I feel like I'm back at work. Can you hear me now? So we have a few prayers today. Lisa Bailey would like us to pray for her. She has platelet replacements on Thursday at the VA. And we also want to um, lift up Jennifer Cummings, who's having a birthday. So happy birthday. Um, and we also want to lift up all those who are traveling. As we know, I am not Joanna. She is on her honeymoon. So, you know. We just want to hope that they have a good time and the weather is great. Um, We want to lift up everything that's going on right now in the world and in our church and just thank God that he is in control and we are not. So if we could just bow our heads, take a deep breath. Let the Holy Spirit come in. Lord, we just want to thank you today for all your blessings. We want to thank you for all the mothers out there that you bless with the children that they have, Lord God. And just meet them where they are right now, Father God. Whatever's going on in people's lives right now, touch them. Let them know that you are there and that you are always walking with them, no matter what the situation is. And we want to lift up all that is happening right now in the world to you and ask for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. And you should have got baby bottles for Mother's Day. All right. Thank you.
0: Everybody, how you doing? I remember that one that had people up dancing. That one kind of subdues you guys. I'm gonna have to make sure that's changed next series, but um, good to see everybody here. Uh, in, enjoying a beautiful weather for Mother's Day, correct? Very good. Um, moms, we just want to thank you all for uh, everything that you do because otherwise, most of us wouldn't be here, I guess, you know. So, um, so that's a that's a good thing, but um. Thank you all for that and and uh, we're just glad to celebrate uh, Mother's Day with uh, Mothers in our life. and my favorite new mom is here today, and if you get too close to her, um, she might karate chop you because she she got the cutest little baby ever made. She's got all her grandfather's jeans, so just like you know, and she's over here, she's sleeping. Okay, good. She'll probably grunt and doing whatever, but anyway. Um, so she's here, but we're excited about having her. All right. A couple announcements that we have here. A um, couple things that we're going to put up here. What's the first one here? Um, you guys remember, as you, uh, we right now, uh, Donna mentioned about baby bottles. We do have baby bottles. We've done this for several years, and this is for the Cecil County Pregnancy Center. And if you just take a, a baby bottle, they have them out here. Um, take one, fill it up with change, write a check you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, when you're doing laundry, take all that out and put it in there and, um, and just put it in there. Uh, and then when you get it full, go ahead and then um, we get it today and you have till Father's Day. We always try to do it in between those times and go ahead and ju- just bring them back and then we'll donate all that to the Cecil County Pregnancy Center to help them with everything that they do. Uh, and so please plan on doing that. That's always something good. Also, we also, last week, I think we had, she- we had goats and chickens. You remember that? Um, and so I thought, I, I guess we've gone to the farm, but that's awesome. But it was Compassion Sunday, and what a great um, great deal this year. We're talking about the, gen, um, the income generation bundles, and that information, this is taken directly from our website. So if you go to havencc.org, you can click on there, and you can donate, um, and it shows you how to do that to get chickens and goats and things for them so that they can be fed and live generationally. And it's an opportunity. And if it's too much for just you, go ahead and group some people together. You may have a small group. You may have people at work and say, hey, this is a great idea. You want to help people with hunger? And you can go ahead and show them right there. Click on it and donate. And it's just awesome. Because, you know, a lot of, th- we, a lot of times we, we give to things, but we often don't see it directly going. It's a great opportunity to directly affect people generationally. And that w- that's an awesome, awesome opportunity that you have. So please check that out. Any questions, you, we'll, we'll connect you to the right place. Or if you're not here, you can send it to info at havencc.org and they'll make sure it gets to the right place. All right. Um, and then I think the last one we have is June 11th. We will have our baptism. So you can go ahead. Uh, some of you are sitting in that, past the first row where there's QR codes in front of you. That can download our app. You can feel free to do that now if you want to or, or later, and, um, or go to the website havencc.org and you can go ahead and register for the baptism and um, there'll th- be things there. They'll ask you about t-shirt size and stuff because we have those for you. We have a packet we'll give to you and then um, we're going to go across the parking lot down in, in a lovely area in the creek and um, and then we'll come back up and have a meal, a really good meal. All right. And, and again, if you know somebody who wants to be baptized that doesn't come here that, or, or what have you and they just wanted to go ahead and do that, Um, you know, tell them to sign up. We'd love to have them, have them commit to that. Okay. Everybody good. All right. So let's continue today. We are talking about, um, we've been talking about, I doubt it. And what we've been dealing with is that, um, historically, um, what we see a lot of times is many people might leave church and leave Christianity and all kinds of things because they have questions. They have doubts. Has anybody ever had a question about God? Anybody ever had something in your life you said, man, that doesn't make sense, God? Um, And a lot of times, historically, we go to churches or we go to people and we'd say, hey, I really have this question. And if we get enough, quote, courage to go to somebody and ask, what ends up happening? Sometimes we ask and then people go, Oh, you just don't have enough faith, or oh, that's just you must not—you must not have prayed enough, or you must not have done this, and they give you these quick answers that don't make sense either because they're uncomfortable. But often in Christian environments, we don't allow time or space for people to go ahead and doubt. And and what we've been showing the first week, we talked about how I doubt God. We really embrace that, and then we then we talked about um, how I doubt me, um, and how we how we, how we doubt ourselves. So this week what we're going to do, we're going to transition a little bit. I doubt you. All right. So I doubt God. And we talked about that. God's got big shoulders. He's okay. He's okay with asking those questions. You know, I've heard people say, oh, well, I better not, I better not doubt God. I better not question it. No, no. The scripture is full of that, full of that. And we saw that Peter walking on the water when he's sinking. Jesus didn't say sink. Sink your rock. Go ahead. Go. Sink. I'll, you know, see if you can sink or swim. He didn't do that way. What did he do? He immediately reached him up and said, yeah, man, you know what? Come on. Have that faith, man. And encouraged him. And so, and, and with us, we, are, we know our insecurities. How many know one of your biggest insecurities right now? For some of you, it's raising your hand to say you have insecurities. So, um, but that's what happens at times. We know our own insecurities. So somebody may say something about us and say, wow, you are just great at this, and you are so so awesome. And, you're, and we go, oh, yeah, uh, thank you. You don't know me because we know the me that we look at. Today, I'm going to tell you one. And the, all these are reasons why people may leave the faith. Today, we're going to talk about, like I said, how um, some of the biggest complaints um, probably one of the biggest complaints in all of church from many people around the world, unfortunately, is that the church is full of a bunch of narrow-minded, judgmental hypocrites. Oh, wow, you guys got a good reaction on that. Last week I didn't say, you're all, if I said you're all hypocrites, you'd have been like, mm. I said, it's full of a lot of, that's, that's an opinion. Everybody heard that? before. Why would I want to go be with a bunch of hypocrites? And so we're in this mess of a series, this messy series called uh, doubt. And sadly, there are many people who doubt Christian faith because they don't see it displayed in Christians. Um, and this can be, this can be honestly confusing because people will say one thing and then they'll do something completely different. Um, With their own lives. And it's very confusing. And you may have seen this in your own life. It's kind of like, I remember a couple years ago, um, there was a gym, and they wanted people to sign up to the gym. And every Friday, they had free pizza Friday. (laughs) I love pizza. But gym and pizza—I mean, heck—if that worked, I would be working out at Pizza Boy every single day, you know, because I like pizza and I would do it. But that, it just didn't kind of work, and um, or it's like going to AA and somebody who—and we have people who have gone through alcohol, uh, you know, alcoholism and, and are working through that and are and are confident and in a good place to go ahead and say, hey, you know, I've been I've been clean for a time. and people say, yay, let's celebrate, let's have margarita Monday, you know, let's have tequila Tuesday, you know, it doesn't make sense, does it? But that's kind of what we do a lot. Of times in the church. And and it comes on. We claim one thing, do something else, and at times it's extremely confusing. Now, I want to tell you there's something very, very interesting that we look at the Scripture. Um, When we look at church, many, many times though, we see people and they, if you ask people their opinions, they'll say, as they see church, there's scandals, there's abuse, there's corruption, there's hypocrisy. There's judgment. There's hate. And people just look at their heads and shake and go, man, if that's what Jesus came to do and you're saying he's full of love and grace, I don't see any of that displayed in the Christians that you have. There's a piercing quote by an author named Brennan uh, Manning, and here's his quote. He said, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle." That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That's a heavy quote, isn't it? That that may be the reason why many people don't believe in in the Lord and don't believe in Jesus and and don't have a a faith in Him or faith in God is because the body of Christ that they see is not being the Jesus that we're supposed to be in the world. And so as we see this, you know, I'm just going to ask you that you just pray with me for a second and just kind of get... Get life settled and get ourselves together here. So, Father, we ask that by the presence and by the power of your living Word, that your Holy Spirit would, during this time, uh, help those of us who are hurting and and just, uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll hear, heal my heart, and heal others who are hurting, and give me wisdom to teach your Word in a consistent manner and heart and in a topic that's very difficult because when we look at this, this sits very close to home to many of us. And so, Lord, just, um, we just pray that whatever my words, that you will be glorified in it. And we put this in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees says, Amen. Amen. All right. So it may be confusing. And um, you have this whole kind of term called hypocrites. And I want to t- tell you something about hypocrites. Here we go. It's, it's in, let's look at Matthew chapter 23. Jesus is speaking. And it says, What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of the religious law and you Pharisees? You, what are they called? Hypocrites. Everybody say hypocrite real loud. Hypocrite. There you go. Um, for you are, you are like whitewashed tombs. Beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones, and all sorts of impurity. In other words, you're putting on a on a good good deal. Uh, like it looks good on the outside, and um and anybody ever been to like a graveyard and you see like the immaculate tombstone, like one of the uh, like I saw one that was like it was white and years previously it had stuff growing on it, and somebody had it acid washed and it just sparkled in there. But guess what? It's still tombstone. Okay, and that's, that's what they're saying here. And he says, outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. There are 17 times in the Bible where you see the term hypocrite. 17 times. And every time you see the word hypocrite, Jesus is the one who says it. Isn't that interesting? Nobody else says it. We say it a lot. It's said a lot by other people. And, um, and what he was doing, he was using it time after time to correct those who claim one thing and lived another. Often it was Pharisees and teachers of the law. And now originally, this is the first time that we know in history, anywhere that the term hypocrite was used to where we know it now. Because up until that point, it was a a theater term. Anybody ever done any acting? Anybody ever done any theater or anything? I'm afraid I'm going to knock this over. So I'm going to move this back. some. Anybody ever done that? And and it's from, the, from the, the Greek theater. And here's what the word it came to: Hypocrites. Everybody say Hypocrites. There you go. And what it means is an actor, stage player, or one who hides behind a mask. And that was a hypocrite. So many of you may have seen, like, a, a symbol of, uh, of drama is a mask that goes and one that goes. Anybody have seen those? Okay. So what would happen back then is depending on what part you're playing, you'd have an actor that goes ahead and he's going to do a happy scene and, hi, how are you doing? I'm like this. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not doing very well, you know. And they called them hupokrites. So what that meant is somebody who kept changing masks, somebody who kept putting on different masks. Makes sense. Jesus, the first time ever, looks at them and said, you guys keep changing your masks. You guys say one thing and here's your mask of, of religion, and everything, but here's your mask of doing everything else that's against what God wants. And so you're just changing mask. Your mask are interchangeable. And and Jesus was saying, hey, you're you're giving to be seen. You're saying, oh, look at what I'm... they would be like, when the offering comes around at the end, you go like, hey, everybody, look what I'm giving to God. Snap, snap, and put it in there. And that's what they were doing. Or when they were praying, they would go, oh, God, thank you for not making me like one of them. You know, and they were doing this kind of stuff time and time again. Yet at the time when Jesus would say, you're not... You're, you say you're generous, but you're not taking care of the poor and the hungry. You're, you say that you're loving, but you've got a whole group of people that uh, you consider outcasts. And in this section of Scripture, it's known as the seven woes. Woe to you who does this and woe to you who does that. And he didn't say, woe to you who... And I find this interesting because what Jesus is doing here in this whole thing, he's never calling out their sin. He's never looking at a hypocrite and calling out their sin. What he's doing is calling out their show. And and so he's not saying to them, oh, woe to you who curse on the golf course when you slice one off the fairway. Or, woe to you who do the wrong things but act like you don't. Or, woe to you who said a bad word when somebody stepped on your toe. Woe to you when the person went by on the road and you taught them sign language and yelled something. He's not saying that at all. He's saying, excuse me, he is saying that you're hypocrites. You, did, you, you say you're doing one thing, but you act differently. And then he follows this up in verse 33 of the same thing. He said, you snakes, you brutal vipers. How you escaped being condemned to hell? Well, Jesus, why don't you quit beating around the bush and just tell us how you feel? He's pretty direct. This is about the most direct and the most nasty you would hear Jesus at any moment. But here's the question. Why do Christians get it wrong? Why do Christians go ahead and get it wrong? If we really want to represent Jesus in, as the church in the world, and sometimes we do a really good job, but other times we fail miserably. So I'm going to give you three different reasons why Christians or so-called Christians get it wrong. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? There we go. All right. Um, so why do we do that? The first thing is some people, we've got to recognize that some people who claim Christ aren't really Christians. We're going to start with that one. There are some people who may go to church or they may check a box and call themselves a Christian, but they never have been transformed by Jesus. They may be a member of a church. They may have 2.5 Bibles in their house. They may have worship music in one of their playlists that they can play on their way to church and they'll play Tupac on the way home. Um, (laughs) Play Tupac on the way to church. You'll be ready for church, all right? Um, They may claim one thing, but... They've never really been changed and converted and forgiven and transformed by the power of Jesus. And Titus, and it, it tells us this in Titus chapter 1. It's not one we talk about like a lot, but it says, They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. Right now there's about a billion names popping up in your head. Am I right? Um, people in your own lives that, that may have said or done one thing in your life. Uh, And we need to understand that going to church is an awesome thing, but it doesn't make you a Christian. Claiming God or signing up for a Bible study doesn't make you a Christian. Following Jesus does. Even believing that God in God doesn't make you a Christian. Remember, Jesus was saying, hey, you believe in God? Good. So do the the devil. So do the, the demons. But following Jesus does so why is it sometimes so-called Christians let us down, betray us, and do things that are really horrible and really disheartening? Because the first thing that we're going to talk about, is, and we are talking about, is that some of them haven't been changed by Christ. They know about Him, but they don't know Him. There have been several times in my life where I have been hurt by Christians. Um, One time I remember many, many years ago, I coached and I taught, and I was a um, pastor, in case you don't know that, Um, and I was there, and depending on where I am, you can tell how I met somebody, because if I'm in a store and I hear, hey coach, what was I doing? coaching football, or it was like, hey, Professor Cohen, bam, you know, I was a teacher, or hey, Pastor Jack, or Reverend Cohen, whatever it may be, you know, it's in that role, and there was one time where I had, like, a couple of all those different environments coming up, and my, my, my kids were there, they were younger, and I just kind of said to them, I said, they said, uh, I said, oh, they love me, and um, my kids were like, everybody loves you, dad, I said, well, not everybody, and they, um, they were young, and it took them a while to figure out that not everybody loves their dad. Um, because they're, they're wrong. Um, but, um, but I remember sitting there, and I was like, I was like yeah, there's been some people that I've, I think have not been so kind to your dad over the years. I said, which group do you think has been uh, the most kind? And they said, well, I think people from church. And I said, okay. I said, which one do you think has been the, the meanest or the most harmful to your dad? And they said the people in the church. They saw it from a young age. That's why a lot of pastor's kids just rebel. 'Cause they see what happens in the church and they see the pain that exists by Christians, uh people who believe in God. I, I remember um at one time being at a um at an administrative board meeting in a church and it was a it was a tumultuous time because um it was it was all kinds of things. It was an appointment that I was at. Loved the people, loved the church. We did some amazing things there. But I had somebody who was head of an SPRC, in case you don't know what that is, that Staff Parish Relations Committee. Um, and it's, it's just an opportunity for people to tell you what's wrong with you as a pastor. Um, and uh, it really is at times. And uh, some of you are laughing because you've been there uh, in those meetings. And this one guy just did not like me. Um, so he was really deceived, okay? But he did not like me. And then in a meeting, he passed off false inter- information about me and was trying to say that um, that uh, I didn't have housing because I didn't want to. And yeah, he went, went through all these lies, and he pulled out something. I don't know where he pulled it out from. I've got ideas where he pulled it out from, but we won't go there because I'm in church. But um, he... Uh, he went, he went ahead and he's passing this off. And I had had about enough of this in two years. And um, my ad council chair at the time was a retired Delaware state trooper, big guy named Alan Riley. Um, during COVID, he, he, um, he died of cancer and he was just a great guy, funny guy, big guy. And, um, and I, I, I got really mad and, um, and I was just steaming. And my family will tell you and anybody who knows me that when I get mad, my nostrils start to flare. And I start to go, and I'm breathing heavy. So I said, that's a lie and I'll prove it. And I went right in the back and I grabbed the paper that proved everything he said is a lie. And I put it there and he said, well, I don't believe you. And he was going through this. And I I got so aggravated and I went, I meant to say, why don't you just stand up for yourself and sh- tell us that you're lying? And I went, stand up. And next thing I know, I'm standing up in the middle of a board meeting. And I'm angry. And I'm, <sighs> like, I'm like the hawk, you know what I mean? And I'm like, stand up. And, and I said, stand up for yourself. And, I, and we're, we're going back and forth. And then, he, then other people started saying, well, yeah, I don't know why you're passing something wrong. About, and, and he took it off the table and he still didn't like me. Um, and at the end of the meeting, I was sitting there, and I'm still like, you know, I'm like, I'm shaking. Anybody been there? And, um, and then I'm like, I hope people don't think I'm really crazy, but um, I'm going through this. And, um, and I remember at the end of the meeting, uh, Alan, who was my, um, my, uh, S- my ag council chair, um, big guy, he said, you know, when you said stand up, I thought you were going to hit him. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I was going to let you get a couple licks on before I pulled you off. (laughs) And and so, you know, we have those moments. And this is in a church meeting that we have. So that's one area that things happen. And that's just one over the many, many years. Number two, some are Christians, but they're immature. They're Christians, but they're still young in their spiritual development. We could say they're baby Christians. They haven't learned anything yet. Like I said over there is the cutest baby ever, ever created. Sorry. Um, and, um, and so, uh, you know, she does absolutely nothing now except for grunt, cry, poo, eat, and it's awesome. Because I've only changed one diaper, that's why it's really awesome. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. And, you know, but like if her mom or dad were at the house and they did those same things, I would say, go home, right? Why? Because you're in your 20s. I ain't not cleaning your pants. I'm not burping you. Go home, right? And I've I've been there, done that. It's because, but there's a lot of Christians that are still messing our pants. There's a lot of Christians that are still crying because we want milk and baby food, when really it's time that we move on to some steak. And then some pizza of spiritual food. And this happens time and time again. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 5. It says, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to deal with what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Like Ella's not going to get a, a, a steak now. She can't do it. All right? It says, and she's not ready and mature for that. Um solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right or wrong. So what is the reason? Some Christians just don't know right from wrong. In our world where everything's all over the place, and depending on what church you go, this is right, and that one's wrong, and this is that, and this is that, we end up in a place where we're so confused. And when we're, we have more opportunities to read the Bible or to connect to the Bible or have it read to us by a really cool British guy or to have it dramatized by a bunch of people, the greatest time in history, we are more biblically illiterate than we've ever been. And so the question is, why is it that some Christians do and say the wrong thing or act the wrong way and, and all kinds of things? It's because actually they're born into the kingdom of God, but they just don't know any better. They're still developing in their faith. It's still growing. Why is it that sometimes we find ourselves disappointed and let down? Because some of those who claim Christ really don't know him are not Christians. And some of them are Christians, but they're still growing. Number three. Number three. Some are too self-absorbed. They have a selfish love. You know, it's great that we talk about our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But far too often, we spend more time focusing on us than we do on we. And there's a huge element of Jesus' call to be a Christian in community with one another and in relationship with one another. Because often people have this selfish love, what do I need? What can I have? What does this have for me? How can I get this? I'll stay here. I'll be in this relationship or I'll be with this person as long as it's feeding me. And then when I, I don't get what I want, I'll go to somebody else and I'll forget that person. I'll, I'll do this and I'll, I'll be in this church to get to a place that I want when they don't want me there anymore. I'm going to take off and go because it's about me, 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 And this selfish love, we're told in the last days, people will be lovers of self. Love should never be totally self-focused in anything. It's totally contrary to Jesus who said, greater love has no one than this that he lays down his life for his friends, and you are my friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. In John 6, 66 through 67, here's what it says. Jesus has been preaching. And as he's preaching, he says something that's a hard teaching. And it says this, and he had a lot of people around him. And it says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away, and what did they do? Deserted him. Just left him. Just took off. He said something, and they're like, I'm out. I'm out. And then Jesus turned to the 12, and he says, Are you also going to leave? Now I've, now I've looked at that for years and I thought Jesus looked at them and said, hey, are you going to leave too? But I looked at it a different way. I think Jesus probably said in pain, are you guys going to leave me too? Or are you going to be gone as well? Are you leaving? Are you leaving my life? They all left and I gave them something. And Peter said, no, 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 you have the words of life and we know later on, As we talked about last week, he left. All of them scattered. All of them. Later, one of his closest friends, one of the people in the 12, betrayed him. We look at Judas from 2,000 years of evil history, but he was somebody that Jesus handpicked to be with him. Somebody he spent years, day in and day And and night with him that he he believed in Jesus, but he was Jesus wasn't accomplishing the Messiah like he wanted. And so I, I truly believe he he thought he was pushing him into it. His friend betrayed him. Anybody ever been betrayed by a friend? Anybody had somebody at one point everything's going well and they just decide to leave your life? Are you glad? Or are you hurt? What does scripture say about that? Proverbs 27 says, Never abandon a friend. Never. Everybody say never. Never. You know what that means in Greek? Never. All right? It means don't ever do it. Abandon a friend, either yours or your father's, family friends. For when disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than a brother who lives far away. You know what that's saying? Sometimes there are friends. That if you get over yourself, and you, you recognize that you need each other, that if you get over that, that they're closer to you than family, than blood. Anybody ever had anybody in your life that's a friend that you're like, my gosh, I like them more than I like my family. I mean, they're they're solid people. And so there you go. Don't walk away from people who are good for you. Far too often when we want to do our own thing, we walk away from people who are good for us. Confusion sometimes because life changes or we have time to be in this thing called our mind. And our mind tells us one thing and we end up doing something different. And, and then, so we say, okay, the best choice is f- for me because maybe sometimes it's, it's all emotion. It's all emotion and we say, okay, I'm not going to be, I, I got I to get out of this because of emotion our own. Or maybe we make choices that are just completely logical and we bury all feelings. So, so we might make all emotion and throw all logic out there. Anybody ever had somebody do that in your life? They're all emotional and they just leave and nothing makes sense. Or the other way that they're all logical and they don't touch in with their emotions, they bury them and lock them away. And then that what they do, living off of emotion goes ahead and it's bad. Sometimes we've got to look at, we don't appreciate those in our lives because we're always looking for something else. Never abandon a friend because it could be better than a family. Number four, number four. Some Christians are maturing, but they still mess up. There we go. We still fall in temptation. We still get attitudes, we still wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And one of the things is we got to recognize that we have a crafty spiritual enemy that all he wants to do is wage war against those who are faith, try to be mature, faithful followers of Jesus. And when they mess up, this does not necessarily mean that they're on the hellbound express. Many of us, like, we live in a culture now where somebody messes up and we're like, yes, boom, watch them go down that highway to hell. But really, we're supposed to restore people gently. Mess-ups. They may love Jesus, and in a moment of pressure, they may tell a lie. I know no one in here has ever lied. Am I right? You just did because you shook your head. No, you never lied, all right? Um, They may genuinely love Jesus, but out of anger, they may just speak harshly or say some of the worst things ever. Anybody love Jesus and ever said something that you probably shouldn't have or responded in a way you shouldn't have? All right. Happy Mother's Day. All right. They may love Jesus, but may, and may be in a bad spot in life and find themselves doing something that they never thought they would do. And often they may have been in that spot and went to the church, but because they were afraid to talk to somebody and tell them, hey, I'm struggling, but they just kept it quiet and ended up doing something that they never wanted to do. They may love Jesus and be singing praise and worship and, as I said, get cut off on the road, honk the horn, and... Go ahead and do sign language. The explanation is that sometimes even the most faithful, given to temptation, we're deceived, we're hurt, we're emotional, and we step off the path and we end up hurting others. So listen to me right now, okay? Listen. No matter how mature you are, I don't mean by age, I mean spiritually mature, No matter how long you've been a believer, no matter what point in life you're at, we're all vulnerable to messing up. Because you know what the Bible says? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And guess what? I need repentance all the time because I may have been saved when I was five years old. But let me let you in on something. Jack has done a lot of not godly things from five to 52. A lot of them. You want to know what the worst thing I did? I ain't telling you. Um, you. know, That's between me and God, right? That's between me and God and somebody you maybe I want to confide in, all right? But what I'm saying is we all mess up, and we're vulnerable to messing up. And if you think you're not going to mess up, remember, you're even more vulnerable because pride comes before fall. The problem is we're all going to let each other down. And whenever we fall short, what do we do? Whenever we fall short, we blame our circumstances. Ready? If I'm, if I do something, I mess up. I say, "Hey, you know me. You know I didn't mean that. It's no big of a deal. I'm, I, you know, you know me. Come on, I'm not like that." Or you may say, "You know, I was just tired. I'm sorry. I, I, I reacted that way. Or I was under a lot of pressure. Or I." I didn't have the right resources or support system at the time, so I was just frustrated. Or, uh, I mean, you know me, you know my heart. You know who I really am. Come on, I'm I'm Jack. I'm Pastor Jack. You know, I'm not going to do that. Or you may go ahead and um, say, come on, it was a bad day, bad week, bad year, bad life. It was a full moon, right? Anybody ever heard somebody blame on the full moon? must be a full moon, right? Um, Or uh, it's not that big of a deal. You've done things too. I remember one time coming to church here. Um, That means it's in the last 15 years. Well, actually it means it's from 2013. I remember on my way here, and somebody was so slow they were in reverse. And I was, uh, sorry, um, um, but maybe. um, But I remember, I don't think so, um, maybe. uh, I remember being so aggravated. And I'm on the way to practice worship after, I, and you know, I always have like worship music on, like what we're gonna sing or whatever else, and it's on, and I'm like, would you move? God, would you move them or move them out? You know, I'm like, I'm like so aggravated, cause get this, ignorant person out of the way, cause I gotta get to church. And I went by after we turned, and I was like, oh, that's somebody from church, hi, hallelujah, you know? <laughs> in case you don't know, I was having a Pentecostal fit in the in the car, you know? I mean, we mess up at times, we do that. Time and time and time again. And so when we mess up, we blame our circumstances. When somebody else messes up, we blame their character. Oh, yeah, I'm stepping on toes, aren't right. I? You see the bruise on mine after putting this thing together, you know, all right? But just get ready because it's going to get worse. Here we go. Um, hide your toes if you're upset, okay? So what, what we see here, what's going on here? Um, Why is it when we sin and when we mess up that God doesn't just fall off the throne? You ever wonder that? And God just like, they did that? Oh, heaven falls! I never thought they'd do that. I can't believe. God's not shocked that we mess up because He knows our nature. He knows that we are prone to sin, that we are born with a sinful nature. He knows that when we do mess up, it's because we are sinners. Sinners, that's a big church term. Let me just tell you. It just means, it's an archery term that means we miss the mark. God knows that we always miss the mark. Every single one of us misses the mark. Some of those are more visible. Some of those, we rank differently. All right? Some of us do that. But God's not shocked In Psalm 103, here's what it says. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. We are only dust. Everybody say, we're only dust. We give in to peer pressure. Why? Because we're only dust. We give in to temptation because we're merely dust. We're vulnerable because we're merely dust. We want to be liked because we're dust. We tend to take the easy way out because we're dust. We are broken with anxiety, repression, depression, mental health issues, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Please pray for people who deal with that. And we are trying to fix ourselves, but meanwhile, we're dust. And he knows how weak we are. How many of you say, oh, I'm going to get some dust together and build a foundation? No, because it's weak. You know how you remove dust? That's how we are. We are dust. And you want to you hear something funny? Okay, here you go. This is Jack's humor. All right. This is funny. In the New American Standard translation, it says this. Ready? I think we got it up here. Um, I think I put it up here. But it says, for he himself knows our form. He is mindful. Where the, we are nothing but dust. Everybody say, but dust. <laughs> yep. Everybody say it again. What are we? There you go. We are nothing but dust. We're butt dust. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, butt dust. No, don't do that. All right? Um, But that's what we are. We're weak. We're weak. Sometimes we say and we do the wrong things. Sometimes we unfortunately hurt people. We hurt people that should be in our lives. And we leave them. And we hurt them. And we walk away. Other times, we're like, God, why did you keep that person here? That's the person I want to walk away. Sometimes you find yourself hurt by Christians. Maybe your expectations were too high. Maybe you were just expecting something out of someone that's never going to be like Jesus. You know why? Because they're not Jesus. Amen. When you do something that lets somebody down. Notice I said when. When I do something. Let me take it back to me. When I do something that lets somebody down. For some of you, I'm going to give you the answer, it's because butt dust. I say something sarcastic, that is hurtful, butt dust. I say something inappropriate, like butt dust. I say something theologically that you disagree with, same thing, same thing. Just remember when I uh, do something wrong or when I'm not perfect, just remember this, that I am a bag of dirt. And so are you. We're nothing but potting soil. Anybody ever, anybody ever like dust around your house? You know what that is? It's you. (laughs) You know that, right? Dust is like flakes of dead skin. So when you go like this, dust. That's why you have it. It's just all kinds of organisms, all kinds of stuff that's dead. It's dust, and that's who you and I are. We are dust. You' getting this? So when we sit here looking at our Sunday best and riding in our nice cars and we, we fix our hair and we look all good, guess what? You're no different than a potted plant. And you're not even good, like the plant, you're the dust. You're potting soil. You're dust. We are born with a sinful nature. Scripture tells us you are born from the dust and to dust you shall return. We are born with a sinful nature. and We may be dust, but we are redeemed by Jesus. But we're still capable of sin. In Acts chapter 13, there's a story about Paul and Barnabas. It says the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city, and they stirred them up with persecution against Paul and Barnabas. Now, what I want to tell you is what's happening here. God is moving. God is growing the church. There are people that are filling uh, the churches and coming to Christ. And then some of the Jewish leaders, the one that Jesus called brood of vipers and hypocrites, are stirring up these people, and they're stirring up the God-fearing women. These are the women that were prayer warriors. These are the women that were faithful in the church and the leading men of the city, people who are influential, people who have everybody respected, and they're stirring them up. And they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. Good people who loved the Lord, greatly respected and prayerful people, got led astray and hurt Paul and Barnabas, intentionally. So you know what Paul and Barnabas did? They quit church. They left Christianity. They said, I'm not going to be associated with a bunch of hypocrites. Nah, that's not what they did. What did they do? They could have if they wanted to, but they didn't focus on the offense. They focused on something different. What did they do? I can't tell you what they thought, but they said the church didn't let me down. Individuals did. You know why? Cuz they're dust. So my the church didn't betray me, but a couple people betrayed me. God didn't let me down. A bunch of bags of dirt let me down. Logic usually says and I get it. Someone or someone's from Christianity hurt me, therefore I'm done cuz they're all like that. I get it, but it's not strong logic. We do that with church, but we don't do it with other things. We don't do it with restaurants. I have bad service, so I am never eating again. took me 15 minutes to get my burger, and the fries were cold. I'm never going to order fries again. Never. Fries shall never touch my lips. (laughs) We go to the movies. Anybody ever seen a horrible movie? Anybody seen one? Like, remember back in the days where you paid, like, lots of money, and you went, and you're like that was the worst thing I've ever seen. I remember we went one time to this movie and um, a friend of mine was like, hey, it's exactly like, it's supposed to be like Indiana Jones. And that was when Indiana Jones was like, Indiana Jones, like, you know, right? Um, And if you got that, you know where my mind is. Um, But it was a movie called King Solomon's Minds. The dumbest movie I have ever seen in my life. But we made it fun, but it was dumb. And I was like, my gosh, I I spent $4 for that. I was shocked. I was, I was hurt. You know, oh, that's disgusting. I'm never letting you pick another movie. Did I ever go back to the movies? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I've seen a lot of good ones over the years, okay? So that's what we're saying. Why do we do it with church? we got to go back to the church. Because even if you got bad food in one church, bad spiritual food, you got to come back and get fed up again to the place that has the right spiritual food. When you've eaten at a restaurant where somebody said, hey, and the food, good there? And you sit down and you're like, oh, that's awful. It that was bad. You f- when you find a good one, what do you do? When you find a good place to eat, what do you do? You go back, but what else do you do? Tell people. Tell people. We're good at telling people where the food's bad, aren't we? Don't go to that place. I ate there. I was all night. It was awful. And, made, and sometimes we find a place that's really good, and we see the person who's asking about food, and we're like, I don't know whether I want them eating with me. Sound like church? Tell people where the food is good because there's a lot of hungry people out here and they're not going to get fed right unless you tell them. Because guess what? If we aren't feeding them right with the word of God and and the truth and the love of God, then they're going to get fed with something else. And they're going to be out of shape and they're going to die. Eternal death. So what do we do? We come to the house and we worship God. And what did Paul and Barnabas do? Look at what they did here in Acts chapter 13. It says, they shook the what? not that good? In the scripture awesome there? Look, they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were what? Filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They said, oh, they're saying that about me? All right, yeah, woo! Let's go on to someplace else. Oh, there's some more bags of dust. And we're worshiping with them. They were happy about it. They were joyful about it. And I don't know who this is for, but some of us have been hurt. And at some point in our life, I don't want to minimize your hurt because there's a deep hurt. And I've been deeply hurt, and I'm dealing with my own stuff. But at some point, we've got to get to the point where we get to praising God. And the only place we can get to joy and, the whole, and being filled with the Holy Spirit is to shake dust off. Example, she lied to me, she, he backstabbed me, they abused me, they wronged me. It takes a lot of shaking for some things. I don't want to minimize that. Some stuff has happened to us, and we may be like, a whole lot of shaking going on. You know, we may be like the big, the big bopper, I think, you know. We may be like that. Oh, whatever, it's one of them. All right, so, I'm not that old. Um, but anyway, um, we got to, sometimes you just shake, shake, shake. Uh, and for you Taylor Swift fans, shake it off, shake it off, right? Um, you got to shake some of this stuff And it's hard and it's difficult because dust sticks to you. And if you're worn out, if you're beat down, it sticks even more. And And that dust weights you down all the more. We need some more shaking, some more praying, some more counseling, some more introspection, maybe more, some more humbling of yourself, maybe asking God and others, the right people, for more help. At some point, to be whole and to survive, we have to get to a point to shake it off. Because when we shake it off and when we let go, that's when healing begins. Then and only then can we move forward. Because look what it says again. They went, it says, they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went They couldn't go until they shook it off. And some of us get nowhere in life because we're bogged down with our our feet covered in dirt and we can't get anywhere. I don't know anybody in my life who's full of joy and still carries a grudge. Even if they're not sorry, sometimes the only answer is you got to shake off that is controlling your life. Now I'm going to tell you something here. I ain't good at shaking stuff off. I'm not. You know, I, you know where, where I am at the worst of this is in a time period of my life called my life. My entire life, I've not been good at shaking stuff off. Some of you, like, I mean, somebody could like, you know, I mean, slice your cat up and you'd be like, okay, shake it off, you know, that's how you are. I'm not like that. My brain doesn't work that way couple times a month, one or two times a week, often sometimes a day, I struggle with shaking something off. A couple times a year, there are times that just seem to shadow my whole experience. At times, you know, at times I've had a, a safeguard, but not a good one, called being numb. Anybody ever been numb? And then something... Puts a chink in that arm, and then before you know it, that wave hits you. And being honest, this week I've been struggling with, like, just a wave of just, eh. call it depression, call it anxiety, call it just whatever. The last thing I need is to have scripture quoted to me because I know it, or I can Google it like you can I can't seem sometimes to have enough strength to shake anything off. You ever there's moments where you just ah, just cover me with the dust. Sometimes that happens. You know, there's a Bible verse that says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, one of them is mean and nasty." <laughs> oh I'm not sorry. Should say it, right? Should say that. Um, but um, it's not really there, but it's kind of true. It's not just in the church, it's everywhere we go. People are people, and the hardest thing for me is I love people. The other thing is I can't stand people. You get it? Even the people I can't stand, I love the people, but I hurt. The biggest complaint about the church is that it's full of a bunch of judgmental hypocrites. I just want to say from the bottom of my my, my heart, if you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt in this church, if you've been hurt by a Christian, if you have disdain for hypocrisy in the church, I apologize because the church and our church hasn't always gotten it right. In the church, sometimes we say one thing and we do another. As much as I don't want to admit it, some Christians and some leaders have abused their power and hurt people. Sometimes Christians can be arrogant, harsh. We can be unkind. We can be unloving and it's not right. We can say we love one another and then end up destroying each other, breaking each other's hearts. There's nothing right about it. It's not God honoring and it's not what Jesus wants and I'm sincerely sorry. And I'm sorry that we don't get it right. I'm sorry that I don't get it right. But the reality is, we've all been hurt by hypocrites. And if we're really honest, you have to recognize that you've hurt somebody being a hypocrite too. The only thing I can promise you, as much as I don't want to, is that, that some, here's my promise to you, at some point, I'm going to let you down. I'll say something that you disagree with. I will lose my temper. I'll slip into a moment of pride. I'll be critical of somebody else. I'll be more focused on being right than being loving. I will be fighting for my own securities and annoying the packing out of you. And when I'm that way, I will repent for God, from God and I will apologize. And as I have two or three times in the last week or so, all I, I have repented um, before God with, and so now, to you, I'm going to tell you this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I should have done better, will you forgive me this bag of dirt? Because I am what? Butt dust, Yep. As believers, Christians know that Jesus has forgiven me, so I want to forgive those others. I want the beauty of the body of Christ not to be perfection, but to be forgiveness and grace. If you've lost faith in Jesus because of people. Maybe your faith is too much in people when it should be in Jesus. If you're doubting God because of what somebody else did, look to Jesus because he never lets you down. Look to how he lived. Look to how he loved. Look to how he confronted hypocrisy. Look to how he he would confront it in us. Look at how lovingly he corrects and convicts and changes us. It's never by guilt. Let me say that. It is never by guilt. Guilt is one of the greatest tools of Satan, and it manipulates. And it destroys people for their entire lives. Guilt is not of God. Correction and love is from God. When church people might snub their nose and people who are different, people who are nothing like they believe Christians should be, Jesus loved them. And they liked him because he loved the least, the last, the lost, the broken, yes. the prostitutes, the, uh, the lepers, the outcasts. He loved them where they were, but he loved them too much to leave them where they were. Yes. Yes. Amen. When someone was caught in sin and everybody wanted to stone him or her and kill them, he said, I don't condemn you. Nobody else is left here too. So get up and let's correct this thing and, and start on a better path. When people accuse Christians of being narrow and judgmental, just remember, everywhere that Jesus went, He showed love and compassion for the least, the last and the last. Jesus has no tolerance for hypocrisy. None. But He has unlimited grace for a sinner who says, I got it wrong. He continues to love, He continues to heal, and He continues to offer hope, joy, and love. And that's how good He is. So when we get it wrong, when I get it wrong, the answer is simply this. I'm sorry. I'm just a bag of dirt. We're not perfect, but we're striving to be perfected by the one who lives within us. Stop making excuses. We're dirt. We do what dirt does. We float around. We land, we land where we don't want to be. We mess up when something's nice and clean and good. We get in and make you sneeze and cough and feel bad. That's who we are, but with Christ, we're something completely different. For me, I, when I look at this, this is hard because there's people that have harmed my kids, that We're close to us as a family. To so those who went out of their way, that, that I went out of my way to help and to be there, and they came up and created lies and passed on lies about me, or people I love. To those who considered, I considered not only a brother or sister in the Lord, but a close friend and a confidant, that I cried with you and I laughed with you and I stood with you in in prayer and I journeyed with you in the deepest darkest times of your life and those who I, I stopped everything with my family and and with, with, with my life to go be there by your bedside or wherever it may be. And yet when I when I was in my darkest, deepest times, you were nowhere to be found. When I sought God and you didn't like the way I was seeking God and we disagreed and may, I may have messed up and I failed and I apologized and you left my life in the deepest, darkest time when I needed you. you. To the very few that I have ever let into my vulnerable heart and life, who, when I was no longer worth the effort to care about because you decided that I wasn't worth it or some other means? Even though maybe a week ago you were right there with me and I was included in every area of your life and we were friends or whatever. The few I consider family that cut me off with no explanation, apology or another word you know claimed to care for me and my family. and even said they love the Lord as Christians. To those who instilled in me a nature that tries to live up to your expectations and know that I'm falling short and left feeling I'm not good enough or useless, yet you still want to hold me to this standard. And whatever no, whatever standard you hold me to, mine's ten times worse. I got to shake. I'm doing a little bit of shaking. It hurts and I'm shaking and I'm shaking and I'm shaking forgive, I got to shake. got to shake, shake, shake. A lot of years, a lot of days, a lot of moments of hurt. I'm shaking. A lot of counseling. Boy, she's shaking a lot out of me, right? A lot of praying. Shake, shake, shake. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Why? Because we're all bags of dirt. You're all bags of dirt. What's up, Dusty? So am I. That's where we are. Sometimes you, you shake off so much, you, you shake off as much dirt as you can and you, you, you got to shake off a lot more and it just won't come off. When it won't come off and no matter how much you shake and shake and shake, let Jesus' unlimited grace, His Holy Spirit, cleanse and wash you from your hurt, your pain and your loss. <laughs> Surrounding yourself with those who bring the unconditional love of God for Him and for you. I can't speak for you, but as one who receives the grace and forgiveness from God, I want to pass that on. And that means that I'm going to get hurt, it means I'm going to hurt people. And if you let me down or I let you down, what do we do as spirit filled believers? We sit with each other. No, not text each other not send a letter, we sit with each other. There's this thing called communication. And we talk to one another. We repent, we apologize where we're wrong. We don't avoid, we seek togetherness and unity. And the world doesn't look at us and say, look at those hypocrites. They say they love one another, but they can't stand each other. Something happened, they were best friends, but now. No, the world will say, what? Wow, look at them. They're different and they'll know that we are disciples, not by our theology, not by our buildings, not by our worship style, not by our sermons. They'll know we are followers of Jesus by how we do what? Love one another. One of the most powerful ways to love is to forgive, to seek reconciliation, to seek unity, to get over all those things that have harmed people. And so if you're carrying a hurt today, I understand. If the church has let you down, and this one particularly, I sincerely apologize. As hard as we try, we don't get it right. My prayer is that you will find healing, that you'll shake off the dirt, and you'll find joy and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, I ask you to just stand right now, and we just um, can go to the Lord in time of prayer. Every week, we have people that are available to pray with you and to, to just be there with you. And so um, so if you'll just uh, get yourself ready for for prayer as we, we focus on what the Lord has for us in these moments. Excuse me. Heavenly Father, we just um, at this time are are coming into your presence. And and God, uh, I just sense that right here today, that in this room or maybe around the place or, I don't know, online or wherever you may be right now, that I just sense a lot of hurt I sense a lot of hurt. I sense a lot of confusion. I sense that some people have have gone their whole life and have been struggling and maybe even destroyed by by other believers. Or maybe on this Mother's Day it's Someone in your life that you know, in your early years that intentionally or non-intentionally instilled something in you that you're, you're still fighting against. It's hard to shake off. Maybe sometimes you're like me and you just don't feel good enough. And you fight it every moment of the day. And, and success for the day for you has been just, I made it through another round. And then some days you just get beat up and you lose the round. Whatever it is, it could be somebody was hurt. Somebody did something to them. And God, it just changed the whole part of their lives and their their focus. God, I just pray that your spirit would cause this place to shake. It's interesting that on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came in, it said it started to shake. God, you had to clean off some dust first. Ross cleaned it off of us. For those that we've wronged, God, let us just be brave enough. Let us just be humble enough to go and say, I've been forgiven. And I need to extend that same forgiveness and love. So, Lord, during this last few moments, I want to ask you to just search our hearts, search our minds, heal, restore, restore, Clean up. We love you. We need you. We sang that at the beginning. We need you. So God, at this time, there may be somebody who's never really just come to the point of saying, hey, you know, I've never done this thing called give my life to Jesus. What would he want my life? It's a mess. Yeah, but you're dust. And one of the first things is the Holy Spirit comes in. And before the Holy Spirit comes in, a place of goes, cleans that dust off because he likes a clean house. It's so like, Lord, just someone here today just says, Jesus, I need you. I don't understand it all, but I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, just do that. And let all heaven rejoice. And for others that we may have been struggling, just be with us and guide us and direct us. And God, we recognize that this time is a time where we, who belong to the church, take the time to give back to you through tithe and offerings. And I thank you for the giving of this church and those who are visiting, maybe for the first time or so, that you just receive what God has for you. Just focus on Him. But God, for the gifts that are given, I ask that you multiply them and use them to do your will, your ministry in the world. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise. Amen. Great. Everybody, give yourself a hand. That was great. All right. Have a great week. The Lord loves you. And again, if um, this is the end of the, the worship service, but if anybody needs anybody to pray with, just hang around. We'll be glad to do that with you. God bless. Have a great week.